Oh, the, the one thing I never understood. I don't. I don't listen to Chris. I listened to him a little bit, and I was like, I can't take this guy. And that's fine. <laughs> I just, I, whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. He, I could have swore for a million times he was like, only an idiot would just buy a machine. Only a jerk would buy a machine without ever playing it, and looking at it. Well, that's what he just did, didn't he? You know, 750 people just like me bought a Rick and Morty without ever playing it first. Is Canada a hypocrite? That was the Poor Man's Pinball Podcast. I love those guys. They had their little special guest, Martin, on. Hey, Martin, you should listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast because you might learn a thing or two. And I am not, I am not adverse to working on games. I've done some work to games in the past. I don't want to have to pull out a soldering iron on a brand new game. And the fact that all new pinball machines require adjustments, that's cool, that's cool, but not significant adjustments to make basic shots that should work in the game function properly. All right, nobody wants to open up a seven dollars to $9,000 new-in-box toy and have to start adjusting stuff to get the game to shoot the right way. I get you might have to do it, but you should not have to do it, okay? Now look, on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I have some good news regarding Spooky Pinball and Rick and Morty owners out there. We're gonna talk about Deep Root Pinball delaying their launch and reveal party that was supposed to happen March 25th. Uh, We're also going to talk about American Pinball's marketing strategy around the launch of Hot Wheels. We're going to spend most of the time talking about that. I don't understand it. I I really don't understand it. But let's start off with some really good news because everyone just wants some good news in the pinball world. I'm here to tell you right now, if you ordered a Rick and Morty and you have listened to my last few shows about the tweaks that you can do to your game to make that upper spinner shot work better, I'm here to tell you some really good news. Charlie and Chuck, Charlie and Chuck are the same person. Spooky Pinball is going to make those tweaks from the factory. So if you don't have your game yet and your game hasn't been built yet, they are going to make those tweaks from the factory. That's music to everybody's ears, okay? Now, if you have your game, the good news is making that tweak is really easy, and you should listen to the those uh, shows about how to do the tweak, and I think you'll do it in, in just a few minutes, and your game will be working much, much better. Charlie told me they took the screws out on even the prototype game, which was the hardest shot to make, and he said it played so much better when they removed the screws. I still think it's kind of funny to remove screws from a game as being the fix. Maybe just don't put the screws in in the first place. Uh, And that just goes to show, you know, stuff happens between prototype and final production, and maybe they're moving too fast and, and, and not catching everything, and they need to just get games on the line. Now, speaking of getting games on the line, I don't know if you saw this. I didn't know this was coming, but Spooky Pinball is moving to a larger facility in Benton, Wisconsin, and they shared photos on Facebook of that move happening. What does that mean for Rick and Morty manufacturing? I mean, there definitely has to be a little bit of a of a delay now in getting games out. Are they still on schedule to get 10 games out a week? I think they're a little bit behind. Uh, so this definitely will throw a little bit of a wrinkle into that. And I know some of you out there are counting the weeks and trying to predict exactly when you're going to get your game. So you might want to factor in the fact that they just moved to a new facility. Now, unfortunately for me, game number 50 is almost ready. It's going to be ready this week or next week. But I got an unfortunate letter slipped under my door in New York City. I've got the money ready. But now my building management company is telling me that no deliveries of furniture or large deliveries will be allowed to happen in the building because of the coronavirus. And so this sucks because all I wanted to do, knowing that I'm going to be working from home for so many weeks, if not months now, is put the Rick and Morty into my apartment. And I don't think I can do that now. 
And so I might have to have Spooky hold on to it until I can take delivery. Now, I could probably grease the doorman and the super to let those guys come up and deliver it. But I, I also think that would be irresponsible and, and being a bad neighbor because there's a reason why we have some of these quarantine things in effect. And it's not so each of us can behave selfishly to still go about life as normal. It's the simple fact is you don't know if those delivery guys have it. Then they're bringing it into the building and there is no way for delivery guys to drop off your game and for you to be within six feet of it as you're, maybe there is, but it's just not worth it because then they have to get into the elevator. Are you gonna get into the elevator with them? It's just, and then if my neighbors see that, when the rest of us are being told no more large deliveries, no, people can't even do renovations in their apartments right now because of, of this whole situation. They won't let workers into the building. How much does that suck if your apartment is in the middle of a renovations? Okay, so it will come. I will get it when the timing is right. And I think this is just the beginning of more and more of our lives being disrupted with supply chain issues and delivery issues. And we're all in the same boat. I, I look at it pretty positively. Like when this thing passes, people are going to come out better than ever before. We're going to go out and we're going to support all the small businesses we love. We're going to go out and we're going to give large tips to all the bartenders that have, haven't had tips in a while. And, and we will bounce back. I firmly believe that this isn't like the the real estate crash of 2008 in which there's a reason why everything blew up economically. This, this is not going to be like that. I, I don't think so. Okay, so let's talk about Deeproot, the other company out there that has suspended their reveal plans. Do I think it was smart for Deeproot to say, you know what, now's not the right time? Absolutely absolutely the right move by Robert Mueller and company to say we're not going to do our reveal plan now because of all this and it makes sense they were planning a big reveal they were planning for people to come in most people let's be honest almost everyone going to deep root was simply stopping by on their way to TPF if you remove TPF from the situation then there is no TPF, and then there is no reason to stop by Deep Root beforehand because you're not even going to the final destination. I know that Robert was working to have many, many Razas at TPF, and at first he saw it as a little bit of, okay, we don't have to make as many Razas if we're only doing our Deep Root reveal, but then it just became clear that it was even irresponsible probably for them to ask people to come by. And also it's just the climate. It's the overall climate of where we are right now. Revealing a pinball machine right now, a non-essential item for people, showing it to the world right now is the most idiotic thing you can do. And I know that some people had this planned and they were waiting for it. And I think we're gonna talk about this as we talk about American pinball and even what P3 is doing. I know that a lot of people out there are anxious to get the word out on what they've been working on, and this was the time frame in which they were going to show that stuff to the world. But for those companies not adjusting their, their marketing strategy and just still doing what they had planned on the same timeline is absolutely moronic. And I know you agree with that because how many of you out there are reaching into your wallets right now saying the thing I need to invest in is pinball? If you're going to buy anything right now, go buy some stocks at, at, at bargain basement prices. But to buy a pinball machine right now that you don't really need is one of the dumbest places to put your money. And maybe some of you are so wealthy you don't care, but even the wealthy people, usually you get wealthy by making smart financial decisions. So I can't imagine why anyone would not adjust their marketing strategy right now. I think we're still gonna see heavy metal this week on March 20th because that to me is a game that's already paid for. Like the folks over at Heavy Metal, they already paid Stern to have these games made. So they're just going to get the news out there and they're going to want to get the game out into the world. And I don't think this is a major game for Stern. It's not a major title for most of you out there. And I, I don't think many people are going to order Heavy Metal. But and they, you know, maybe they feel like they had all those marketing materials going where they said 320 was the launch date. Ugh. So Deep Root. So Deep Root, the other question then becomes... 
when will we see Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland? Ironically, we're kind of living in a Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. For some of you out there, and I hear the jokes, and I hear people saying, well, here we go again. Deep Root Pinball, once again, is is delaying and buying time. And how convenient, I've heard that word, this is so convenient for Deep Root to have this excuse to not show us all of what they've been working on and to not show us a proof point that all the hype and all the hyperbole is worth it, that Raza and their platform and the new things they're bringing to pinball, all the all the big, bold talk will be justified when they pull back the curtain at Deep Root Pinball. Now, what this does do is it gives Robert more time to figure out manufacturing. It gives Robert more time to maybe polish the code on Raza. I have no idea where this game is code-wise. I have no idea what the delays are in getting this game together. Uh, I look at it like they've had so much time. How could anything be possibly down to the wire for them? They've been making Raza for years now. John Papaduke has been making it for almost a decade. What is taking so long on getting just one pinball machine made? And I sort of look at the whole scenario like that. I, I know Robert's got a lot of different things they're planning to implement into the pinball world ultimately make a great game make a game people want and you don't have to do much more than that to build your pinball empire slowly i think they want to build an empire overnight that's bigger than the normal pathway for most of these boutique companies because i don't i don't think they see themselves as boutique but i can't imagine raza selling a lot no matter what is in it i can't imagine a theme like that selling a significant amount of games i i just don't but i do hear a rumor i hear a rumor that deep roots licensed theme pin is one that a lot of people are really excited about and a lot of people are saying it's worth waiting for to see what that licensed pin is and why would you come out the gates with a non-licensed game if you really want to get sales going and get money coming in the door. I, I, I think almost all pinball, almost all pinball, if you want good sales, requires a good theme. If you go the other way and try to do original theme, there's a really good chance you're going to have a sales flop. It doesn't mean the game's not good. It just means it's probably not going to sell very well. But as we'll see when we talk about Hot Wheels, theme is not everything. I I think you're going to get where I'm coming from when I get you have the theme, but then it's like, what did you do with it? How did you launch it? And what was your strategy around that theme? That also is very, very important, okay? All right, so Deep Root. Deep Root delays. All right, so who's not delaying? So Jerry at P3 is not going to delay, and he is going to show what he's been working on with the new P3 Multimorphic platform. And so that's another guy who must be really bummed out that TPF is not happening because TPF is always Jerry's big show. I mean, he usually brings, he brings a lot of games. He lines them up all next to each other. For most of you who have gone to TPF a few years in a row, you probably could find Jerry's Multimorphic section blindfolded as you walked in because it's always in the same place. You walk in, you make, uh, you go, you make a little left and a little right and then he's right there on that right side usually behind where the the check-in tables are with all of his p3s lined up I've, i've seen it there two years three years now and so that show's not happening Unfortunately for a guy like Jerry, his thing usually requires hands-on time to see the full potential of whatever it is I don't know what it is I don't know if this is going to bring people to the p3 platform I see that people are struggling to even sell used P3 systems. A $10,000 P3 multimorphic system is trading on the secondhand market for around 6,700 bucks. That's a, that's, that's unbelievable. So it's going to be hard for him, even if he shows this game to then try and get people to buy into the platform at $10,000. And I know he can list all the titles of Barnyard and this and that and Rocks and Hooping It Up, Jerry. But I I still think this game, the weight that this new game has on its shoulders, the hurdle that this game needs to overcome is going to be significant. And so I I can't wait to see it. I'm, I'm a little 
nervous that it's not going to be as great as the creator probably thinks it is. And it's not a licensed theme. So right off the bat, I could tell you right now that no matter what Jerry has made here, no matter what the original storyline is, no matter what the theme is, this game is coming out with two strikes already. It's coming out down by a few runs in the bottom of the ninth. It's it doesn't it's not going to have a built-in fan base or audience. Jerry's had so many years to go get a licensed theme and he still has not. And and I don't understand that. Why would you start a pinball company and not have a licensed theme? Uh, there are nights when I just sit up wondering how people get into a room and say we're going to start a pinball company. Okay. We're going to make something that's going to get pinball people excited about a game. Okay. And let's, what should the theme be? Well, what about full throttle? Okay. Let's make that game. How do you do that? How do you sit in a room and say, well, let's do a game about a carnival that's in outer space, right? We'll call it cosmic carnival. Think of Funhouse meets Aliens. Like, let's let's make that the theme of our pinball machine if we want to sell the product. Like, what what is wrong with people? How did these things even get past just the concept stage if you want to sell games? So what's it going to be, Jerry? See, here's the real problem with, with all this stuff, with Raza coming out, with Jerry's original game coming out. The problem is that Stern is sitting on a juggernaut with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will be one of the best themes in pinball when people see it. And I get a lot of you out there might be like, well, it's a little bit like Hot Wheels. I'm not really into Ninja Turtles. I'm fully confident that Stern and Zombie Yeti and John Borg are going to create a colorful, Ninja Turtles world that is going to pop in a way that I don't think any recent Stern has popped. I'm hearing that Zombie Yeti has put his best art package ever into this game and he is a super duper Ninja Turtles fanatic and so he is so excited about the art packages on this game which if 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 this excites Zombie Yeti, I know it's going to excite you. I'm also hearing that John Borg, a man who in the past has been so upset because he's had to yank stuff out of his games, I'm hearing that the Ninja Turtles game, he didn't have to remove the things he wanted in the game. And so he's super happy that everything he wanted in the game is in there. The final piece of this puzzle, because I think it's going to look awesome, I think it's going to have a lot of fun shots, is who's coding this game? Everybody is praying that it's not Dwight. All right, we're all praying that. <laughs> is it, see, everyone, is it, is it Tano? Is that his name? The guy who did Deadpool? Is it going to be, what about Tim Sexton? He hasn't coded anything since Black Knight. Maybe he's up next on the coding roster. Everybody wishes it was Lyman Sheets, but he's going to be doing Elvira. Uh, so who's going to be the coder of this game? Is it going to be Lonnie? Is he going to code it? I don't know. I don't know who's going to code it. So I think the code and, and the, and how that theme integration comes to life is 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 really going to be the thing that might make or break Ninja Turtles. Because let's be honest, code is what killed monsters. Code is really the thing that that sank that ship. But Ninja Turtles, when it comes out and and in pro format, is going to be the biggest competitor for other companies trying to go after operators, create a theme that kids like. It's it's really going to be a game that I think steals a lot of the sales away from all these other games that can't launch right now. And Stern can now strategically strategically decide when they drop this thing because it's ready to go. I mean, you, you, we know Stern. This game is not delayed months because of anything other than possible supply delays for parts. But this game's finished in terms of being ready to reveal. And you, you know they were ready to reveal this thing in March, April, and it, and it was right around the corner. Now, do I think Stern Pinball is going to have a delay because of coronavirus and parts? And are they going to have to shut down the factory be, because of 400 people in, in, in a close proximity to each other making pinball machines? That's on them. I don't think most manufacturing is going to shut down during this period. People are obviously going to be asked to be safe and maybe if 
the only place you go is go to work. Don't don't congregate in other ways. I think the Stern engine will stay on through this period. Now, does that mean they're going to launch this game while people are not going to buy it? Now, that's the strategic question. If I were them, if I were Stern Pinball, I would wait. There is no reason why it makes any financial sense to launch a game right now. I would hit pause and I would just wait till we start to see more of a recovery taking place in, in the global economy, in the U.S. economy. And, and, and for a lot of people out there, we're just at the beginning of shutting down cities, shutting down bars and restaurants. Operators are not going to be ordering your Ninja Turtle game right now because no one's going in to location play. Operators are going to get hit the hardest right now. And so even launching a game, you've got to imagine your operator orders are going to dry up significantly. It is in the history of pinball sales. I'm just going to say this. In the history of pinball sales, this is the worst period in the history to be an operator of pinball machines. It is the worst period in the history of selling pinball machines to sell a game to operators. And so then from a marketing standpoint, it is the most idiotic thing to come out and announce this week that you just made a brand new pinball machine for operators. To, to announce that this week is beyond moronic. And one company just did that, American Pinball. And I'm so perplexed as to why they did that. And we're going to talk about that right now. What is going on over at American Pinball? Like, what are they thinking? Some people out there think I have this agenda against American Pinball. If you heard my analysis of this company, I've been saying it. I think they don't have any strategy or any marketing plans. And I think they're kind of leaderless in the decision making over there. And I want to just call a few things that they did recently that, again, I just think indicate the fact that American Pinball is really in a bad place. And I, I don't think they're intelligently being led. And I don't care if I'm not cheerleading this company. And I see it. It's like they put Hot Wheels up and you get two responses from the PIM side community. Looks colorful. Looks fun to shoot. Huh? Are you going to buy one? Nope. I'm not going to buy one. You know, it's I don't know why I'm doing a goofy voice. But it's like, are we going to give this company real feedback, intelligent feedback, adult feedback, or are you just going to sit on the sideline and cheerlead them while you don't buy their products and this company continues to have sales flop after sales flop? Now, Hot Wheels, much better theme than Oktoberfest and then Houdini. But have you, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you one question first. Have you ever seen Stern Pinball, the most successful pinball company out there? Have you ever seen Stern Pinball release a game, any game, and say, we made this game for operators? Have you ever heard them say that? That they told you the exact target for the game? No. Why doesn't Stern Pinball say that? Because the moment you come out and you said, we made this game for operators, you are immediately telling the home buyers, we didn't make this game for you. This game wasn't designed for the home environment. It was designed for location play and to accept quarters. And we see that in all their press materials. They keep saying stuff like, let me let me read right now from the from the Hot Wheels flyer. Only the wizards of American pinball could pull everything together for a pure powerhouse pinball that is a cut above in quality workmanship, durability, and long-term earning strength, right? Replay boost ensures maximum revenues. This whole flyer is all designed for operators to get excited about Hot Wheels. Something I don't understand is at the end of this thing, the last bullet on their flyer says the following thing. Players will be challenged to collect classic Hot Wheels hero cars in order to become a Hot Wheels. Wait, wait, how, isn't that plural? How do you become a Hot Wheels? Here's the, here's the thing for me. And again, I don't care if you think I'm being too negative on this company. I'm tired I'm tired and tired and tired of a pinball company that has had three shots now to make a game that will be successful, successful in the pinball marketplace. And the reason why Stern doesn't say this is for operators only, why not just make a great game? Why not just make a great game that appeals to everybody? If you want to be successful in pinball then make a game that appeals to everybody see the problem i have with hot wheels is this this to me 
is the pro version of Hot Wheels. And you're only going to get the pro version of the game. Imagine if Stern made any of their hot licenses, but they only made one version and they only made the pro and they yanked out everything else from the premium and the LEs and all you could buy was the pro version of the game. That to me is what American Pinball has just done with Hot Wheels. And I ask you, pinball lover, why did they do it that way? Why did they abandon their their approach from Houdini and Oktoberfest in which they loaded the game with stuff that pinball people and pinball enthusiasts would love and be impressed by. They yanked all that stuff out, made a barren game in Hot Wheels. This game is barren. I don't get what people are seeing when they're saying it's loaded. And you know who just called it a loaded game? Josh Kugler. And I'm going to read his post on Pinside last night because to me, that whole thing is such an act to tell you what you should feel about this game. And I want to read you two different... I want to compare his thread to Scott Denisi's thread because two people from two different companies started their own club threads on the games. Now, here's what's crazy to me is Josh Kugler started the American Pinball Club thread by himself, right? He's he's the coder of the game. Why did he start a club thread for American Pinball Hot Wheels? I'll tell you why. Because the other Hot Wheels thread has Canada's name in the title and it says Hot Wheels it is, says Canada. He started a club thread, which isn't even categorized in the club thread area of Pinside. So think about that for a moment. He just started American Pinball Thread that's called a club thread. Really weird, right? And a club thread, if you know what a club thread is supposed to be, is, a, is about all the people who are going to buy it and be in the club. It's not supposed to be just here's, here's a lengthy explanation of the game. That's not what a club thread is. So what I'm going to do, let's just do it right now. I'm going to read to you how Scott Denisi opened up the Rick and Morty club thread. And then I'm going to read to you how Josh Kugler opened up the club thread. And I want you, the listener, to determine which company feels excited and knows they have a hit on their hand and which company really knows that the excitement level is not there and they need to convince you with a whole bunch of paragraphs why this game is the way it is. Okay, because that's marketing. When you make a great game and you make a great product and you have hit a home run, you don't even need marketing. You don't even need to say a bunch of words. You don't even need to have a bunch of explanations. And I am, I really, I'm just so tired of American Pinball always having to convince us that we should be as excited about their game as they are. Why don't they just make an exciting game that doesn't even need words. It's a freaking pinball machine. The game should speak for itself. You shouldn't need anything. Stern doesn't have to tell you paragraphs about why you why their games are great. They don't have to say, like, this is a great game. And I really want you to pay attention to that because this is American Pinball's marketing strategy. Here's the game. Here, here it is, but it, it needs to come with all these caveats and explanations as to why you should be excited about it and who it's meant for and why there are dinosaurs in it and how it slowed it. I'm going to go through it word for word. I don't need to interview Josh on this show. I'm going to, he's, he's spoken. This is marketing. He has spoken to us, the consumer, about why he thinks we should get excited about this game. All right, let's do that right now. So we go on Pinside and we open up the Rick and Morty Club thread. It was uh, created by Scott Denisi, the game's designer. So the official Rick and Morty Club was started. This is all Scott Denisi writes 89 days ago. Time to get riggedy, riggedy wrecked, son. As someone very passionate about this project, I wanted to be the guy to start the official club thread. This will get locked until the game's ship, but then it's on, bitch, Scott. And that's all he wrote. That's all he wrote to kick things off in the Rick and Morty club, and he has 104 upvotes. He knew that club threads are not supposed to open up until games start shipping, and it's all supposed to be about owners coming in and saying how excited they are. All right, now let's let's go over to the American Pinball thread. And this is the, uh, according to Mr. Kugler, this is the official Hot Wheels Club Challenge Accepted. I, I, this whole thing of like Challenge Accepted, like no... People, did people challenge American Pinball to make a great pinball machine? Yes, we did. Is this it? Okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this. It's, it's, it's very verbose, but I think it's important to understand why I think American Pinball is still asleep at the wheel, no pun intended. 
Before I read this, I just want to say one thing. If I were Davel and I had all this Aimtron money and I wanted to make a successful pinball company, you know what I would do? I would walk into a room and I would say, all right, we need the right team. Who are we going to get? Who are we going to get? Why not go offer John Borg or Eric over at JJP? Why not just go double their salaries and get them to join your team? Why not see what Lyman Sheets is making and double his salary and get him to come over and code games because American Pinball makes machines. This isn't a company in which you're gonna sit around for years and no games are gonna come out. They've come out now with three machines in a little over four years and that's really impressive or like three years. Like they make a machine a year. They have the capabilities to do it. They just don't have the team in place that is making games people wanna buy. So why not go get Lyman Sheets? Why not go get a John Borg. Why not go get an Eric over at JJP? Double their salary, see what they're making, offer them better royalties per game, and then go get a licensed theme. I bet you it would have been cheaper to go do that stuff than the amount of money they lost on Houdini and on Oktoberfest. It would have been cheaper. How much you think these guys are making? It's not as much as you think, but uh, they, they're doing it the way they do it. And, and I still think it, it's it's just completely a, a rudderless journey. All right, so Josh Kugler goes on to say, as many of you know, at last week's Amusement Expo International in New Orleans, Hot Wheels pinball machine made an appearance. We know this caught many of you by surprise as AP's past reveals were at pinball shows. As we are committed to growing pinball on location, this was an important audience to promote to that pinball is alive and well. All right, I wanna stop right there. I want to stop right there because I think he said something that he also says many times throughout this whole club thread that their strategy is to grow pinball on location. And that's what they see as their market for this game. And they needed to be there to show people that pinball is alive and well. And I just want to say that this is a huge gamble to think that American pinball's job and their mission is to grow pinball on location. Last time I checked, there are a lot of pinball locations out there in the world. There are a lot of barcades, there's a lot of pinball places, arcade places, and there also are many more home buyers as well. And last time I checked, location-based pinball is thriving. Is Hot Wheels the game that's going to expand that market? Is Hot Wheels the game that's going to put pinball on the map and tell people it's alive and well. I mean, all these operators are buying Stern Pros based on juggernaut themes and doing A-OK -okay last time I checked. But I think it's weird to me that they went from this home buyer and they shift it now to this being the new mission of the company. And I do, I think it shows that when you don't have a, the right strategy in place, you then just all of a sudden wake up and now you're about making games for operators, not for the home buyer. So he then goes on to say how they had big launch plans for TPF and how they're disappointed that they couldn't make it there. And, and I agree, everyone is disappointed. Josh, everyone wanted to play the game at TPF. Everyone, everyone wanted to get hands-on experience with Hot Wheels. Now there's been a lot of questions about the Hot Wheels game and he has answered those questions. So I wanna read what his answers are to the questions we've all been having. Now, the first one is, is what's with the offset monitor? And he wrote, despite some suggesting we did that since we had to fit it into the provided art, Kaneda suggested that, by the way, I can tell you that this is not even remotely close to the truth. It has been our goal to integrate the game display into the back glass when possible, in this case as a jumbotron or digital billboard. The team also felt we could do more with the back glass if we could create a larger canvas for our artists. We did testing of playing the game with the offset monitor and found that it takes very little time to adjust to the different position. After a game or two, you don't think about it being offset, and we do believe that the larger canvas allows the theme of the game to come through even when the machine is turned off. All right, so he's saying we put it there because we can have more art and when you play, you will adjust to it. I don't really care about it being off-centered. I, I think it will look a little strange next to every other pinball machine in the history of pinball having the monitor in the middle. Uh, but if you wanna do it that way, I don't think that's a deal breaker for me. I, I, I don't, 
And so the next question was, what's with the dinosaurs? And he said, thankfully, there are still toys in the world that encourage kids to use their imagination. And over the years, Hot Wheels has expanded its universe to include playsets that allow kids to explore different worlds with their Hot Wheels cars. By the way, every time he says Hot Wheels in, in, in his write-up, there's a trademark attached to every single use of the word Hot Wheels. It's really weird. It's like it's like this Q&A that he wrote for us on Pinside had to be approved by Mattel. Now, normally, normally when you do something like this, you use the trademark or the registered mark, the first reference of the property. But when you write it like this, it, it just feels like there's a corporate big brother standing over your shoulder talking about the game. I, do you see when Rick and Morty, when Scott and and, uh, and Chuck and company, when they talk about Rick and Morty, they're not putting the trademark Rick and Morty after every single usage of it. And again, I just go, it just goes to show the difference in how they're able to talk about these properties. All right, so then he says, using your car to battle dinosaurs, gorillas, sharks, and other creatures is the norm for many kids now playing with Hot Wheels. Given our goal it was to capture all the different aspects of Hot Wheels, collecting track building, racing the stuff many of us grew up with, we also felt creature battles should be part of it. All right, they're basically making this game for the elements of Hot Wheels that young kids are experiencing nowadays. I don't really think they had a choice. I think if you got the Hot Wheels license right now, Mattel is going to make you base it on the current version of Hot Wheels. Does this excite people? Look, I'll just say this, you're battling dinosaurs, you're battling gorillas and sharks. And when you when I look at the game, there is absolutely nothing physical in the game that is a physical gorilla, shark, or dinosaur. I mean, I, 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 it'd be nice to have some of that stuff if that's what you're really trying to do. And if you look at the way kids are battling those things with the Hot Wheels play sets, it's very physical. It's so weird to me that you can go buy a physical Hot Wheels toy for very little money and yet spend $6,300 on a pinball machine, so much more money, and there's so much less physical a world coming to life from, from Hot Wheels, right? I mean, come on. And then what's with the spinning car? Oh, man, that spinning car is, is going to leave everyone dizzy who, who stands in front of this game. And he writes, without context... It's easy to see how the spinning car seems a bit out of place. Without context? Josh, what, what, let me ask you something, Josh. I'm just talking to you as you listen to this because I know you are. What other pinball machine have you seen recently where a mechanism and how it's operating makes no sense without context? What context do people need when they look at the Elvira house? What context do you need when you look at the Jurassic Park T-Rex. I, I, I don't get it. Now, there's a car floating around in space, going around and around and around. It's not, it's not driving around a track. So I, I think when you make a mechanism, it shouldn't require additional context to understand something as simple as a car going around and around. There's not even like a track underneath it. It's not moving over the road. It's just flying in midair. All right, he said the car does respond to what is happening in the game. And while I won't go into a lot of detail on that in this first post, I will say that we are still adjusting how it is used in gameplay. Regardless, there are settings to control how much it is used. A little, a lot, or none at all. So wait, let me get this straight. You could just turn it off? You, you don't even need it? Let's be honest, this thing is spinning there as just a visual cue to excite people to walk up to the game. Why is it in the game if you could turn it off? That, that makes absolutely no sense to me. What other major mechanism in a pinball machine do you know that you can just turn off? Like, can you, I, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I, I'm trying people. Am I being too tough on these guys? It's the most movement in the entire game. Out of everything that's in this game, that thing is the most movement of any of the mechanisms, and you can shut it off. I it just, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? CanadaPinball at gmail.com. He goes on to say, so for those of you who really don't like it, you can just turn it off. Right, great, Josh, thank you. If you don't like the game, we can just also turn it off. For those of you who don't like it, you can just not buy the game. 
for those of you who don't like it, why would you make something and put it into a pinball machine that's annoying? What, Josh, is there any other, again, name me one game out there where there's just like a mechanism that you just turn off. All right. Like by choice. A pinball machine should be things that you want to turn on, that you see happening, that you see, like, what, what is this? What, what, am I the only one? Am I just a jerk? Am I a jerk? And when I look at this game and say, how can you make this thing, put it in a game, make it to the point where it's so annoying you want people to turn it off? Canada's Pinball Podcast, number one pinball podcast in the world. We're going to keep going on this spinning car. He says, I will say that when you actually play the machine, it is not as distracting as it might look watching a cell phone camera video of gameplay. And it can be quite helpful in knowing when the tack value is dropping. You will soon learn why this is important. Well, it's obvious that the car spinning is like the RPMs. And so I'm assuming you have to get your RPMs high enough to maybe make a jump or a loop-de-loop. And that's why it's there. The weirdest thing for me is this. If what this car is supposed to represent is the RPM and the speed of the car, why didn't they just have an RPM tack, like a real car RPM tack, like going up and, and raising an RPM, like a needle that's that's going up an RPM band? Well, why have this thing keep spinning and spinning and spinning? Or why not have like why not have like a mech that's like a pistons in a car going up and down and that piston goes up and down and keeps spinning harder and harder and harder? You know why, people, because this mech looks like it costs like 20 bucks at most. All right. So what's the price? What's the price? And he says, each of our games has been priced based on what is in the game. Hot Wheels has a lower price than either of our first two games with an MSRP of $62.95. The price reflects that the game has a little less in it feature-wise. A little less than Houdini and Oktoberfest? Just a little less, Josh? Are you sure about that? How much is a little less? Any magnets in this game? You know, are, are we firing the ball three feet in this game? I'm a little less, a little less. Okay. Also, as I indicated above, we want to grow location play and operators need a game at a price that works for them. So it was our goal on this machine to make it a little lower price to better serve operators and get more pinball on location. This is the point people are, I just want to throw my mic and my computer out the window. This is the point where... This, this is it. This is it right there. That is their marketing strategy. That is their target audience. This game is made for operators. Now, I'm just here to tell you, I know, I know I'm slamming this game because I'm looking at it through the lens of a, of a home buyer. I'm looking at it through the lens of a collector. This game is not meant for me. This game is meant for operators and operators only. And so, yes, am I being a little unfair in looking at it through my lens and the lens of people who listen to this show. And I know operators listen to the show, but is John at Jack Bar gonna go buy Hot Wheels? Are you who who is an operator? Are you gonna put this on your location? Maybe if you've got like a movie theater, maybe if you've got a bowling alley full of kids, but are you gonna put Hot Wheels on location if the majority of your players who come into your location play are pinheads? Our pinball fanatics, those guys don't want just a simple barren game. They want something that's packed. They want the best pinball has to offer. And this whole notion of like operators are what are, are what's going to grow the hobby is such hogwash. I just think it's wrong. All right, he goes, given what is going on right now, I love this line. There is little doubt that collectors won't mind paying a little less for a great new game. All right, right there. I could just stop reading right now. Collectors won't mind spending less money on this great new game. What did I say? Don't tell me your game is great. People will tell you it's great, Josh. And to act as if oh, all of a sudden now this game's for collectors who want a cheaper game. Which one is it? Who is this game for? And, and, and yeah, everyone wants a cheaper game, but they don't want a cheaper game at the expense of having everything yanked out. I, I'm sorry. It, it's, it's just unbelievable to me. And then he writes... Even with this lower price, the game is still loaded, people. He says it's still loaded. It has multiple ramps, drop targets, drops targets. It, it, they didn't even grammar. He has drops with a, a VUC with loop ramp, a front-facing kicker, staggered stand-up targets. Wow, targets are now loaded. Real direct printed backlash and tons more. Ton he said tons more. Wait, wait, no, there's nothing more. Tons more. There's not that you just described everything that's in this game, Josh. Then why are you saying tons more? 
What's the tons more? That's all I want to know. Why? Why? Tons more? <laughs> I hate. I hate having a pinball podcast right now. I hate having to read this and and being like, "What are you talking about? How is this game loaded? How is this game loaded, people?" He said the game is 100% RGB LEDs for inserts and general illumination using over 140 LEDs, including multiple LEDs and arrow inserts to allow better illumination and lighting effects. Cabinet Insight Art is included, the first of its kind. 3D lenticular back panel is included. Art on the front of the apron included. Powder coated rails included. And as mentioned above, for a limited time, the shaker motor included for the first 500, right? Oh, and the rules are designed to give you a lot of different objectives to pursue, which will keep this game challenging and entertaining for a long time. And then the final question was, what's with with the animation? Mattel created a YouTube series, Hot Wheels City, and he talks about how they grabbed from that. All right. Then there's pictures of the game. And then someone asked down here, how come there's no loop-de-loop? And there's no answer. And then um, Video Jack wrote in this explanation of how they might not have been able to achieve optimum height on the ramp or speed to make a loop-de-loop happen under the glass in a pinball machine. I don't want to talk about Hot Wheels anymore. I, I think that this company is going backwards. And this isn't the game that you all want it. And I think all of you out there that are saying, it's better than I thought it would be. How, how do you look at what was in Houdini and in Oktoberfest? Two games that were packed, that suffered by bad theme integration and bad artwork. How do you look at Hot Wheels and now say it's better than you thought it would be? I don't understand that. So you thought, what did you think it was going to be? Because there's barely anything in the game. There's barely any animations. They're just pulling right from the Mattel show. How, I don't understand any of that feedback. What I think is going on is what normally goes on in this hobby. And that is people don't want to say how they really feel. The burden of that falls on Canada's Pinball Podcast. And I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel about this game. I think it's fine for operators. I think it's fine if American Pinball wants to take this approach of making simpler games that operators will put on location. But I think they fundamentally have no idea how to make this work for them strategically. I, I think they're overestimating the amount of operators that are going to put Hot Wheels on location. And I think their their strategy makes no sense because by by launching this... As an operator-focused game, they're going to turn off way more home buyers to the game itself. Because even though pinheads who buy for their home have children and have families, the pinhead still wants to get like the premium or the LE. The pinhead will oftentimes want to have all the bells and whistles in the game and also a theme their, their, their kid can enjoy. And when Ninja Turtles gets shown and the Ninja Turtles Pro will be the same price, if not cheaper than this. Look at Stranger Things Pro. I mean, there's a lot in that game compared to Hot Wheels. There's still more in it than there is in Hot Wheels. How do you compare the two? I just think going the battle against the Stern Pro formula is a losing battle. It's not where you're going to win. You're not going to win with operators and location play with, with a pro model of a machine. I don't care what anyone says. You're just not going to win there. Stern's got that lockdown so tight. Now, that's who they're competing with. Hot Wheels is directly competing with the Stern Pro marketplace. And are you here to tell me that you think this can compete with what Stern offers in, within licensing themes and within gameplay features and within you know price point? That's where they're at. And, and within the ability to get the games to people. The last thing I'll close with is this. They launched a game for operators in the worst possible time in the history of launching a game for operators. Why'd they do that? Were they contractually obligated? I don't know. Am I being unfair? Is Canada trying to hurt American Pinball? No. I'm just calling it like it is. This company needs to hit pause and hit reset on what their strategy is. I'm sorry. Mukesh, if you want to call yourself wizards, and you want to say only a company like American Pinball can do this. These guys, it, it saddens me because they have such a great ability to manufacture. 
I think they've made some great changes in the manufacturing process that are great, but then they're making these decisions and they're just bonehead moves. And until the boneheads stop making the decisions over there, this is going to be a company that continues to get nowhere near that thousand game milestone they need to get to. And last point is this, who designed this game? Is this a Joe Balser game? Where, where's Joe in all of this? Why isn't Joe talking about this game? Why isn't he excited about this game? Why isn't he streaming this game? Where, where is he? I don't think he wants to be near it. That's my hunch. I think this is his game, and I don't think he's that proud of it. And do you think I'm wrong? Am I being a jerk? Well, you already voted for the Twippy, so it's too late. We're going to march in there and hopefully get the third one soon. I'm sorry if you thought this podcast was overly negative, but I just, for the life of me, really, really, really don't understand why it's so hard to put the pieces together to simply make a pinball company and pinball machines that are successful. You have a captive audience. You have people that are dying to give you their money. You have all of this energy and enthusiasm in this hobby and in this community. And you have a company like Stern Pinball that is showing everybody the exact playbook in how to be successful in pinball. And it's not very hard. And the reason why I get frustrated and I call people boneheads and making moronic moves is why is it so hard to simply follow the playbook to success and see what works for others, emulate what's working, make a little bit of the adjustments to give your company a little bit of a differentiator. But now these companies have spent years and have failed to make a great game. A game that is great needs to also have sales success. So don't be the guy who says, I love my Oktoberfest, why they barely sold any. And if you think I don't know what I'm talking about, if you think I'm just a moron who's got a marketing degree and doesn't know how to sell pinball machines, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if American Pinball called me up and asked me to actually help them on their next game, we wouldn't end up here. But you've got to make the right marketing moves. You've got to make the right personnel moves. And you've got to make the right decisions. And this is not how you do it. It's not how you do it. And you'd have to look no further than the big boys are delaying right now. They're not sharing what... You think Jack's going to show you Guns N' Roses anytime soon? You think Stern's going to show Ninja Turtles next week? No. It's now a time to hit pause and rethink your strategy and launch when the timing is right. This game, it's just going to come out and it's going to achieve no sales, no lift, no hype, no enthusiasm. And you think I'm a jerk who's not giving this game a chance because I haven't seen it flipped? I've seen, it, I've seen it flipped, but just wait. I'm willing to bet, look, I won't do a show for two weeks if the Hot Wheels stream comes out and everyone thinks it's awesome. I'll just go away for two weeks and you can listen to every other podcast talk about how great it is. I'm pretty confident that once you see it streamed, you're going to be like, Canada was right. Like, why are, why are we like cheerleading this stuff? Anyway, everyone have a good day. Take care of your health. Be safe. I know a lot of you are working from home. This has been episode 490,875 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. <clears throat> I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we had to defend ourselves against an unwarranted attack. I'm sorry that your crew was stupid enough to fire on a station filled with a quarter million civilians, including your own people. And I'm sorry I waited as long as I did before I blew them all straight to hell. <laughs>